Will you be here with it? 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 Will you? Will you? Will you be here with it? Will you be here with it? Will you be here? Be here? Be here with it? Will you be here with it? Will you be here with it? So, my name is Ilsa. You know, all this guru stuff is just a game. My name? Well, I can't tell you my name or else I'll have to kill you. <laughs> just kidding, man. How you do? I am the guru, Lupus Warrior, and I just want to say thank you, boss, for appreciating my station. Because after all, I the guru, and I control the nation <laughs> with version. Smoke! <laughs> yeah, Pastor Gucci, eh? All right, then. Yeah, man, we know that that show will come back. Cutter. Yo, what's happening, Mr. Cartier? <laughs> oh my God, you sound so much like him. I thank you, my brother. Yo, keep sending them voice messages and I'll send as many back to you as you want. Oh, I got a question. What was the funniest thing you ever heard the guru say? Oh, and one more thing, please do make sure at the bottom of your description in your podcast, you add the words, hashtag Elite Circle. Of course, you don't spell out hashtag, okay? I got a few people that are spelling out hashtag. But anyway, uh, yes, those four lines that used to mean number, okay? There you go. Hashtag Elite Circle. And um, you were in the house. You've been endorsed by the Elite Circle. We like you. So do come back. I got some more shit for you that'll make your brain rattle around so much that you're gonna have to put your hands on your head because the shit's gonna blow up visceral everywhere. It's your girl, the Guru. Peace. Boom ba dum bum bum ba da dum Bum ba da bum ba ba da dum Ba da dum bum ba ba da da dum Ba da dum bum ba da 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 dum Ba da dum bum ba da 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 Ba da 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 Ba da da da
Today is the next and last stop is Union Station. Connect here with Metro Goldman Silver Lines, Silver Street, Metro and On my way to do K Channel. One o'clock to two PM. Right now Right now it's twelve oh two in the afternoon. I'll be hopping on a train to Chinatown. Getting off there and I thought it was just going to be me and, and Nicholas in the studio. I was all prepared to uh, interview him. I've got some songs I'm excited to play. And all of a sudden, then I get a text from Jamie Lee Wise, my original co-host co on Inspirato Projecto. And he said, he said, uh, would love for you to meet Scott Burnside who's in town. We'll be up your way today. Will you be around? And I said, well, I'm going up to K-Chung and more than welcome to come by when it clocks 2 p.m. He said, that sounds like it would work. Scott wrote a book. We could interview him, maybe. So, I said, yeah, come on up. Come on up. All right, we're going to get back more to, uh, to more of this later. However, I just wanted to give you a quick update as to uh, what's going on and where we're going. What's about to happen? As I walk through Chinatown, I see these old folks, and I think you are little kids. You are little kids in old man suits. You are little kids who um, are. Um, walking around trying to relate to your world, your environment in the best ways that you can you know, what makes sense to you each of you are this uh, little bubbly paradigm floating around coexisting, cohabitating with other little kids with their bubbly paradigm I was thinking on the train, the excitement and importance of learning. Always learning, always expanding. What's great is the more that we learn and the more that we find ourselves uh, identifying with associations, circumstances, high vibrating philosophies and techniques, the more we do that, the bigger I'm envisioning, the bigger our paradigm gets, expands. And what's cool is that is that uh, then is that there's a, um, a greater chance of brushing paths with another paradigm that broadcasts and or receives the same kind of information. There's a greater chance of forming a Venn diagram with that, with those uh, interests, passions, excitements, talents, etc., etc., that are important to us and reflect those elements of us. It's interesting. We get angry, a lot of us get angry when we're called out 
for being a specific, for embodying, for reflecting a specific aspect of a particular character trait that maybe we know is not conducive or bad or, well, uh, non-conducive or destructive, you know, um, not serving our highest good. When we get called out on that, we get angry. It's a clear indicator of something that really needs to be massaged, worked over, get those kinks out. Okay, we are now entering the K-Chung Studios. About to. You can already hear the fans in the background. Our biggest fans. Here they are. Welcome to K-Chung Studios, a.k.a. the House of Fans. Hello. Hey. I'm your biggest fan of the House of Fans. <laughs> How's it going, Chris? Hey, man, what's Great. your name? Wes. Wes, How are Wes you? guess you, you didn't realize you'd be on a, a partial podcast, did you? Uh, <laughs> so this is the Inspirato podcast. The, <laughs> that's good, that's good. The Inspirato Projecto Partial Cast um, is uh, concluding in a few moments here. Uh, we're about to dive into the Inspirato Projecto episode here on K-Chung, 1630. And uh, gonna have another great time. Can't wait to see how this evolves. What new surprises are going to uh, show themselves to us. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we had our K-Chung, we just had a, the K-Chung show, 1630 AM in Chinatown, Los Angeles. Just had a very successful show, phenomenal. Jamie Lee Wise, James Scott Burnside, uh, and now it's after the show, and uh, we're on the podcast, we're driving around, and we're looking for the Church of Scientology, and um, James says he's obsessed with Scientology, and now we're going to ask him what, what are some of his favorite um, anecdotes about Scientology, or what are some of the things that might draw him to it. So James, what what is it that you like? Um, when, when did you first hear about Scientology, or when were you first drawn to it? Or Well, I only know of it as a cult, and mm-hmm. I only know of it through the people who have escaped. Oh! So that's what makes it fascinating for me, because I can compare their stories to the stories of the people who are in Scientology and go to airports to harass people, or uh, go to people's homes and stand outside and start chanting. I can begin to understand them through the stories of the people who are now out. And to me, that's just incredible. Wow, so you know some, wow, so you know some folks. You must have heard some interesting stories about what goes on in there. Well, YouTube. uh, YouTube has several channels of ex-Scientologists who have come forward, and they'll show video clips of them when they were in Scientology, and they just look different. There's something vacant about the eyes, Mm. you know, and... I don't know. I can see it playing out before me. I hope it doesn't come to some tragic end. I hope it peters out eventually, but for the time being. And it's a modern religion, and any modern religion's going to have problems because, you know, you go... Like, I can see there's film footage of your dear leader, like, tripping and falling. I'm not going to believe in your religion, you know. So newer religions are fraught with problems, and Scientology has banned their members from <laughs> looking through the Internet because they will find truth in the Internet, so... Right, they're like, we don't want you to find out any of that Turn that left. truthful stuff. Yeah. Left on um, yeah, there, there was also that lady who recently came out with that whole series about it, uh, about being in, in there, and she, they interview a whole bunch of... Leah Rimini, I think her name is? Ah, yes. And those. what's interesting is those billboards right are close Boulevard. to 
the Scientology building. So it's it's kind of interesting where it's like the Scientologists cannot escape it. You know, it's like it's right there. It's like, hey, you know, maybe you ought to check out this documentary and see what's going on. And <laughs> um, I remember reading online about um, turn right on Sunset Boulevard. Some of the like d- really dark stuff that happens where people end up missing or their, their families start getting harassed or um... well I think the thing that's most fascinating about it is that the people who are in Scientology are not bad people at all they are good people uh, they're willing to do things because of their religion I'll, I'll just give one example um, that if, if they tell you about Zenu who is the overlord who put us all in uh, I, I can't remember the exact story but he controlled things long ago He's the origin story of Scientology. Mm. If they tell you about that and you haven't gone through all the levels and read all the books, you will die. They believe this. You will get cancer, you will get sick, something bad will happen to you because your brain can't handle this information. Oh, jeez. So if you ask them, hey, is Xenu true? Is that crazy stuff true? They will laugh at you and say, what are you talking about? They are willing to lie to you because otherwise they would kill you. Oh, boy. I think they believe that. I really do. I think it's genuine. Here we go. So if you... Oh, my God. We're, we're driving by it right now. Oh, this, it's glorious. This one's on... Uh, oh, L. Ron Hubbard Lane. L. Ron Hubbard Lane. Louisiana or Church of Scientology. Your destination will be on your right. Oh, there are guards out in front, I believe. Oh, they got... It's like a cobblestone... Look at how big it is. Scientology it's has Tom so Kirk. much property. <laughs> You've arrived. Destination and, is on your yeah. right. Is, is this the uh, the like celebrity wing? It looks like it would be. Huh? Yeah, it's they, got that look about it. They they hide things from their celebrity uh, Scientology. We should stop talking if we come. Okay. Wowzers! This is incredible. Um, do you guys know Jack Parsons? I don't believe so. Tell me about Jack Parsons. Jack, I think his middle name is Whiteside Parsons. He was the guy who actually created JPL. It was Jack Parsons Laboratories. He, uh, he was big into, uh, well, he was a student of Aleister Crowley's, and he was big into sex magic, um, uh, sorcery, and that's basically what JPL was was based on. And he would go out into the desert and he'd do these crazy experiments and um, summon these these creatures. And um, he was the one. You know, there's always that quote that you always hear associated with L. Ron Hubbard is that um, one of his friends said to him. One of his friends said to him something like, uh, mm-hmm. "Jack Parsons." Yeah, Jack Parsons said. Like, uh, if you really want to make money, make a make a religion. And uh, so then that's when L. Ron Hubbard started coming up with that idea for for uh, you know the Dianetics and Scientology and all that stuff, because he was listening to what Jack Parsons had to say about it. Well, one thing I think is fantastic about Scientology is um, they 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 claim that they can cure. Um, uh, what's it called when people have triple, trouble reading uh, when things are backwards? Oh, dyslexia? Yes, dyslexia. They claim they can cure dyslexia. 
uh, Tom Cruise has said that Scientology cured him of his dyslexia. And one thing they do is actually just a, a learning strategy. It wasn't created by L. Ron Hubbard or anyone, but the learning strategy is when you first read something in a book and you don't know what the word is, it's not enough to find the definition of the word. You must find that thing, go up to it, and touch it. Which isn't bad advice. And learn about how it works. It's fantastic advice. And if someone was maniacal enough to do that with everything they learned about, they would become uh, clever quite quickly, I think. So they have good ideas in Scientology, mm -hmm. and I think there are, there are some things that come off. But overall, it's just... Uh, I've never heard anyone like finishing Scientology on a good note. They all escape, or they mm. disappear, or they can't talk about it because of some court agreement that they signed. I don't know. So there's a lot of there's a lot of great sort of cosmic consciousness type thru truths sort of woven into this. Yet, what also goes along with it is that aspect of having to pay money to get get to these next levels or whatever. Huh? Yeah, and most people <laughs> when they talk about it, they say at the beginning it's fantastic. The, mm. They hook you in with really. Cr it's a lot of acting stuff, like acting games, theater games. You know, oh, wow. when, when I started acting, I learned a lot about myself, and I think they go through a very similar kind of phase where they they find out questions about themselves that they've never asked before, and they find the answers to be very interesting, and they think they're finding some truth. And then the later stages of Scientology get to be so difficult, and they have to go for ethics meetings. It, oh. it's, it's really restricted, and it gets more and more difficult. Um, there are many more things, but go online. Go, go to YouTube, put in Scientology, and just find out as much as you can. It's, it's a very strange belief system. It's intriguing, because I started uh, seeing more billboards for it. And, uh, recently. Yeah, yeah. There's recently seems to have been a push. Yeah. An average, a whole advertising campaign, new branding, perhaps. Yeah. It's like ever since that documentary came out, they're like, no, no, we're good guys. Reminds me so much of when Super Size Me came out, and then all of a sudden McDonald's suddenly starts uh, serving apples instead of, you know, or, oh, no, we have all these salad options now. Oh, no, we have all these uh, healthy options. And you're like, okay, that wasn't directly related to the documentary that came out mm -hmm. and called you out. Uh, it's so funny how that, how that happened. But that's what reminds me of what's going on with Scientology. Uh -huh. My personal favorite is whenever anyone writes a book about it or comes out even with a statement against Scientology and says bad things, Scientology will make a web page where they have people talking about how horrible this person is. They'll find an ex-wife and all of a sudden she'll talk about how he used to beat her and they'll talk about how uh, he, you know, we kept him for so many years because we desperately wanted to help him but he'd show up drunk at events. Just really rancid like inquirer type shit about mm. the person. And you can tell how just overly nasty and completely full of shit it is. It's obvious the moment you read it. Uh, those, to me, are really funny. Wow. How intriguing. So you, so you personally have friends that get, started giving you stories about when they were in Scientology, um, um, maybe what they were, um, I don't know, what, forced to do or... Well, the, the, the two people that I know didn't go very far into it, but I've read books, I've seen interviews about people who have gone very, very deep down the path. And they're coming forward. The father of David Miscavige, he has a book. Uh, the, the actors who went through it, Jason Begay. Uh, look up Jason Begay, B-E-G-H-E. Mm. Uh, he does about a three-hour interview about it. it it's very Holy long cow. and very detailed. And the stories he has, just, they're beautiful. Oh, uh, wow. Very, very spicy. 
do you think that you're going to incorporate any of this Scientology stuff into any of your mystery novels? Well, considering on how I'm talking about it, I guess the answer would be yes. But right now, everything I'm writing is before the 1940s. So I would have to invent something new. But who is it? Paul Thomas Anderson did The Master, where he sort of did that. He had something similar, but not quite. I heard, I haven't seen the movie, but I heard it, it kind of, it does dip into that, so it was almost like a parallel version of it. Yeah, but he has other concerns with his film as well. That's, that's not technically what it's about. It's more about these two people than the belief oh, system. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, sorry. rolling up the windows here. There we go. Thank you. We have parked. Oh, I should get my phone. Is this open? Oh, no. We shall be back more with more later. About your writing? Sure. Okay. So I want to ask Jamie Lee here. He's been writing a lot. What are some of the things, the main things you've been writing about? I'm working on a piece right now called. Well, let me back up. You know, I started thinking about how will aliens, should they come to Earth, come to Earth? And I began to think how I'd do it if it were me and if I could simply Google Earth and I was living on another planet and I could learn about it that way, that's the first thing I would do. And then it seemed like a no-brainer that any society that reaches a certain state stage of its evolution is going to find itself wanting to create a network a lot like our own internet mm. for their own communication needs and if that civilization was significantly farther along than we are at this time it's possible that they would expand that beyond their planet into their solar system their galaxy, and perhaps even beyond that, and I thought, well, what the hell? Why not have an interplanetary internet? Once you can get beyond some of the physics issues of information isn't going to be able to travel instantly across space, and that's some things that I've worked into the script to sort of explain how that occurs, it seemed the next logical step to having an interplanetary internet would be having inter planetary cybersecurity because you're going to have cybersecurity threats, some of which have maybe started out as the kind of antivirus or as the virus software and the malware we have now, except with artificial intelligence and deep learning that's existed and lived on this interplanetary internet for, who knows, maybe 40 million years. We have no idea how old some of the oldest civilizations could be, and from there, I thought, well, what if we got on what would happen? A bunch of characters occurred to me. I have this great I, this great character, Sage Jane. She's an intellectual property broker. And Sage is the woman who is promoting MindClimb. MindClimb is a device that just a few years from today in the world of the story is able to connect you, me, or anyone to the Internet via a device that lets us use our mind as the interface for surfing. Uh, we see before us an augmented reality interface, and we do everything we do now online using that. Well, Sage 
has promised the, her client, her client inventor, that she will get a billion new users, which is rather uh, ambitious, onto MindClimb within the first year of its release. To do so, she releases the blueprint for free to 3D printer piracy sites so people can download and print them at home and then they make all their money off the apps. But she's still short about 250 billion people. Oh, not wow. billion, million people. Oh. And, and then she comes across this interplanetary internet. And I'm not going to go into all the details about how that happens. They're a little involved. But once she gets on, she meets a artificially intelligent malware named MASH who has his own reasons for wanting to get everyone on Earth connected to this internet. He can't take over everyone's bodies and minds if only a tenth of the population is on the net. It's not an invasion of the body snatchers thing, and he doesn't want to take us over so he can have our planet. He wants to take us over so he can take us off that internet that we're, we've now connected to, because Earth bridges the interplanetary internet with the end of that internet which is where all of the anti-malware definitions that are sent from this character we certainly won't see in the pilot but perhaps eventually called the engineer at the root who every three months or so sends these anti-malware definitions out oh, these awesome. artificially the at the root. intelligent anti-malware take the definitions and they protect the whole interplanetary internet if they did not protect it the malware would continue to evolve to the point where uh, they were unstoppable and would do undue damage. Sage Jane, who wants to bump her numbers up, makes what you could call a business deal with MASH, and she says, if you hop around in these bodies on Earth um, and help me push my numbers to a billion, you'll be at the same time facilitating your own cause with, of course, plans to try to figure out a way to stop MASH later. Sage is neither stupid nor uh, totally selfish. She's just super reckless and overly optimistic. The other side of that is if you have malware, you have anti-malware type sort of police that are also artificially intelligent, that have also evolved on this internet. One of them is an intern first day shit hits the fan and this intern ends up on earth sort of pushing the other agenda which is this mash malware is a bad 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 guy sage so please reject the terms of service that you've already accepted for the entire planet because she by accepting the terms it, of service well, those for the are, entire planet well oh boy usually a planet is evolved enough by the time it finds this interplanetary internet that's the one qualification mm. you have to be able to find it yourself <laughs> we're ah. not we shouldn't be on there we can't handle the knowledge without it probably killing us so if you find it yourself there's a good chance that you actually do deserve to be on there if you never found it, you, you don't deserve to be on it. And yeah, and the thinking is that with this terms of service agreement that a duly elected representative will from the, each planet signs it for everyone. But because Sage is one of a few people that know of its existence who's human, she signs it for everyone on her own and now by default becomes responsible for everyone on 
the interplanetary internet, oh boy. which is currently called the tree that could change. Uh, yeah, and that's just a basic gist, and it's I've, I've got a draft done. Um, I'm working on the second draft. It's, it's going, it's going well, and it's fun. We'll see. How often do you uh, do work on it? Do you chisel away at that? Uh, on average, about six, seven hours a day, awesome. almost every day, with very rare exceptions where I'll take time off. But then I've got all the other projects that I'm working on, and work, you know, that you already know you're getting paid for. Uh, so I've been doing some copywriting and got another pilot, uh, Visionary Sims, that has gotten some attention. And just doing the whole taking some meetings and finger-crossing thing right now. And it's a lot of fun. I never thought I'd be writing science fiction, and yet somehow I keep writing it. Very good. Do you ever get out of the house uh, and, and walk around out in nature and then that, that spawns new ideas for you? Sometimes I notice like a change of atmosphere. All of a sudden, all of a, sudden a new new idea might pop into my brain. Does that happen for you as well? You know, it does, but I try to stay as close to the house as I can because eventually you those new ideas start to come and you can only get so many down on your, your, your iPhone uh, with your thumb. And you need to get back into the house before you lose your thread and get your fingers going on the keyboard again. At least I do. I used to get my best ideas mowing the lawn. I have no lawn now. Oh. Yeah. So I just walk on concrete and and pray. Yeah. yeah. That's, a good, that's a good way of doing it. We will come back with more of this uh, when, when people don't have food in their mouth. We will come back to this later. Today is August 21st, the day after the podcast. What, what, what you've been listening to up until this moment on this particular episode, you heard uh, some of the shenanigans that we, uh, you know, conversations, things we were up to after, after the K-Chung show. So... Uh, you heard, that's that's what you just heard. Now, what you're hearing now with me talking is the day after. Um, first, I just got to say thank you, the guru, for uh, for that wonderful message at the top of the show. The guru received a message, I believe, from John Travolta. He called her up, and so that was her wonderful. That was her wonderful sentiments about that. It was so cool. Uh, so, okay, now, back to this. What, what, you, what you just heard was from yesterday. What you're hearing right now is from the day after. And what you'll hear in the next episode is a, a, an extraordinary conversation with uh, Jamie Lee Wise and James Scott Burnside. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. These peanuts. They are peanutty. Mm. Mm-mm. So we had another big talk on the next episode. Um it's like 
I think like 15 minutes long or something. So I didn't want to attach it to this episode because this episode would have been like an hour and a half. Not that people don't listen to hour and a half long podcasts. It's just a long time to sit there or stand there, depending on what you might be doing whilst listening to it. Folks, you are listening to Inspirato Projecto. If you have music, audio, anything that you'd like me to play on here. Now, I like to keep things relatively family-friendly. If I'm interviewing people who happen to have, uh, who swear a lot, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't censor them. Um, I just kind of, I just kind of prefer to keep things kind of family-friendly. So, having said that, you can send, send whatever you like. Ideally, stuff that you yourself have created. Or, if it's your friend's band, or poetry or something, maybe ask them. Ask them if they wouldn't mind being utilized on this podcast. Uh, Send me any of your audio your poetry, your grocery lists, your dreams, of course your synchronicities, always synchronicities. Send that to Inspirato Projecto, Inspirato Projecto at gmail.com, and I would love that. I might even play it on the radio station on K Chung 1630 when I have that, when I have that uh, rocking and rolling. On the first and third Mondays of each month. So send it to me, inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. <clears throat> if you're on Anchor, of course, if you have the Anchor app, just go ahead and send me a message and I'll play it through here, as you guys have heard. I, I love doing that. And, um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's joyful for me to be able to send, to be able to share other people's talents, passions, and whatnot with the world. Particularly if they're not used to, you know, if they're, if they don't really have. It's funny as I'm saying this because I'd say, I was just going to cut myself off. Um, they might not have the resources. That's why I cut myself off because we we all got the resources. Some folks just need a little bit of, like, come on now, come on, come on. It's like getting the cat to come out and play. Kind of put some treats out there, and then the cat goes out there. Like, oh, yeah, kitty. Now that you got got you out here, here, how about this laser pointer? Or how about this thing? Then you can play along. So some folks are like that. you got to kind of coax them out a little bit out of their shells show them that they're safe, they're in a safe environment to really be in their truest element. Because, you know, what what has occurred, what I'm thinking here, is that what has occurred to a lot of these folks who, um, they, they call themselves, um, what's the word? Jeez. Uh, 
not antisocial. Social anxiety, is that it? Is that the word? Uh, Introvert, introvert. A lot of folks who call themselves the introverts. uh, I'm an introvert. I I just push past it, and then I discover wonderful findings by 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 exploring by following my passions and dreams the value system um if the value system if we if we place the value on the fun and the exploration and what we can possibly you know how how it can enrich our lives if we put our 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 value on that and put more weight on that then we do Oh gosh, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. No one wants to. Um, no one wants to hear what I have to say. No one wants to see what I what I can do. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think what has happened is that um, these people were most likely brought up where they were fully in their element, fully joyful. And then along came someone who was jealous or, you know, just projecting their own inner issues onto them, most likely an adult, who told them that whatever they were doing was stupid or dumb. And so that stuck in their brains. It's like that elephant. We always hear about the elephant, the baby elephants uh, in the circus. They're first trained, first they are, first a huge chain is put around their ankle. And to let them know, look, you can't move. And then as they get older, as they get bigger, instead of a big chain around their ankle, it gets smaller and smaller until it's just this thin, wispy rope. Now that that elephant has all of that power to, you know, ker-snap, to uh, break, break that rope, it's very powerful and can, you know, get get out of there if it if it wants. But the thing is, it's been trained, so that's what happens. I think a lot of introverts. What it is is, you know, it's diagnosed as introvert. What it really is is like, okay, well, um, you just haven't yet found the 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 populace that you can feel free to be in your element with. If if um, if we if we took an introvert and placed them in a group of people who all shared the same excites, excitements, interests, desires, uh, subjects that they geek out on, you you put you put people together with that introvert who all share those things. That introvert is not going to be an introvert. They're not going to want to hold on to that identity of introvert. Uh, it's not. It's going to lose that importance. They're 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 no longer going to be able to really have to worry about identifying with being a an introvert. And you know, oh, well, that's just what I am, and that's how it is. And I just don't go out and whatever, whatever. Now that they got a taste of what that's like, I think I think they they. There's some there's addict there's an addiction to that good vibe to that good feeling of knowing that who you're talking to or who you're hanging out with or playing around with it, um, 
accepts that sort of that insanity, you know, that that uh, that side of deep uh, geek, geeking out in a particular on particular subjects. See, now they don't feel apart. The introvert comes from the idea of feeling they're not accepted anywhere. That's it. Oh. And I would say in this next episode you listen to, you'll you'll hear great information from these guys that points towards information uh, information that can be used in creating helpful information it's weird throughout the years how the emphasis of, of being the best version of ourself it switched from that into this idea of worrying about what what the others are thinking of us. The others. The others. Half the people who are naysaying or being a killjoy towards our passions and talents. Do, do we really want, do we actually truly, when we look down inside of ourselves, do we actually truly want to impress those people? If they can't take us as we are, why why are we trying so hard to be viewed favorably in their eyes? Wouldn't it be a lot more um, conducive to our healthy moment-to-moments? Wouldn't it be more conducive to put our attention on finding those others who resonate at those same frequencies, resonate at that same excitement, resonate at that same vibe. Boy, you're in your element, you're cooking, you're creating. It's flowing, flowing, flowing. Just a wonderful, wonderful feeling. So, Having said that, folks, I think uh, I think this is the end of our of this episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging on. Thanks for contributing. <laughs> contributing. <laughs> Thank you for contributing. Thank you so much for your special con- con- contributions. Con tribe tribute tribute contributions tributions. Tribute shuns the act of tributing. Con. It's interesting how the word con and co. Like cooperation. Con. Confederate. Co. Confederate. Contribution. Contribution. Make your contribution. Just seems interesting. On the one hand, it's wouldn't it be co contribution or 
co-tribution. But then you got on, so there's C on. Contribution. Contribution. C contribution. C C contribution. Maybe it's a coded word. You see, when you turn it on, you see the action of tributing. Who knows? Who knows? What do I know? What do I know? I'm the village idiot. What do I know? Don't listen to me. Don't listen to a word I'm saying. Do not listen to a word I'm saying. Don't believe a word I'm saying. Why? Why would you believe a word I'm saying? Why would you believe a word I'm saying? Let's say if I've been lying this whole time in all these episodes that I don't believe in any of, the, any of this stuff. Was the information still helpful? Did it, uh, were you able to apply any of the information? Did you find yourself in similar shoes? Did you notice your, your inner art excitement awakening while listening to those podcasts? Yeah, what if I had been lying this whole time about all this stuff? I don't know. I just don't think it would have the same resonance. I think that uh, if the intention were different, you would feel it. You would feel it. You'd feel the lack of integrity before my words even came out of my mouth. I'm pretty sure of that. I'm pretty sure of that. At least that's my hypothesis. My hippopotamus. 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 All right, folks. That's all for today. That's all for today. Enough of these shenanigans. Get him out of here. Woo, woo, woo.